0: We open our tale overlooking the city of Alkenstar, the city of smog. This city of clockwork stands in a perpetual haze, claiming its space in the unforgiving mana waste. Twin districts rise on opposite sides of the Ustradi River. The Ustrati culminates in a massive waterfall that drops down to the bottom of the cliffs this industrious city is built upon. Ships can be seen hauled up and lowered down the waterfall using the technological marvel called the Screw. To the west of the Ustrati, the industrial clamor and smog of the Smokeside hangs like a curtain above the lower-class citizens that work in the literal and metaphorical gears of Alkenstar. Across the river, towering over the inventors and merchants, is Skyside, home to the aristocrats and the wealthy. Airships dot the space above the towers of the clockwork and pistons, their rhythmic pulses in discordant harmony, with the low bellows emanating from the forges and fire of the smokeside. One could find innovation and intrigue in every gear, every nook and cranny of the clockwork city, but our story starts in the lecture halls of Blythier College, the only major magical academy and a hub of higher learning in Alkenstar City. Invention rivaled magic in Alkenstar, but the boldest attempted to harness the wild magic of the mana waste and beyond into fuel for their creations. One such inventor stands before a crowd of patrons, peers, students, and the curious prepared to make a demonstration. On the presentation dais, a middle-aged man stands before the hall. He is donned in clunky metal plating, his eyes covered with thick goggles, and a metal helmet tightly strapped on his head. A few of the man's wild spiky blonde locks have managed to free themselves from the head covering, but most of this inventor's body is covered in protective gear. Next to the man is a large adamantine safe of Alkenstar's top make. The lock looks secure even to the most untrained eye, and the trained know this lock to be all but impossible to pick. To the right of the safe is a table with a pair of iron tongs and a smaller closed lockbox. The presenter seems to be fiddling with some last-minute preparations as the eager assembly looks on. The crowd is filled with a who's-who of interested parties from the greater Alkenstar region. Among them is a blonde-haired halfling, the cherry of his cigar burning beneath the well-manicured mustache. His cold gray eyes look on almost hungrily, though his impatience bleeds a bit through his calm-collected demeanor. Across the aisle sits a dwarven woman with sepia skin, and long black braids. She looks from the inventor to the lecture attendees and seems to take mental note of all who are present. A long, lanky human man with reading glasses and a tutor bonnet that marks him as a high-ranking member of the Blythier College Academic Board stands and claps his hands with a sharp rap. Okay, Mr. Gattleby, you have had enough time to prepare. Let's get on with your presentation of what is sure to be another failed experiment few chuckles rise from the crowd at that, but then the murmur dies to a silence as they all look expectantly at Gattleby, the armored inventor at the front of the lecture hall. Gattleby, a known misanthrope and eccentric, steadies himself and clears his throat to speak, though a gruffness fails to leave his voice.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, my esteemed and not-so-esteemed colleagues,
0: He says, as his eyes cut to Professor Heidel, a few more laughs from the crowd at that.
1: I'm here at my alma mater to present to y'all a breakthrough in combustion energy. Y'all might be aware of Pyronite and attempts to harness its power into a stable form, but thus far, these efforts have proved to be unsuccessful at best and deadly at worst. Today... I'm here to demonstrate that I have successfully stabilized Pyronite. In fact, I've got some here today.
0: And at this, the crowd agitates as nervousness nearing panic fills the room. Gatsby, I did not approve this. You said you were just going to share your formula, not actually bring Pyronite into the college. Just jostling it can have devastating, destructive effects. We all know this. The crowd murmurs in agreement. Yet the cigar-smoking halfling looks on excitedly, while the dwarven woman's sense of unease only intensifies. Gattleby just glares at the professor and presses on.
1: With my new compound, I've been able to do what many have only dreamed of, and others have died trying to attain. However, before I continue, I need Mr. Muglin to extinguish his cigar, we wouldn't want any premature fireworks.
0: Vashon, for you, my good boy, it would be my pleasure. Does this mean you intend to indeed provide fireworks for these lovely attendees today? With a rare, uncharacteristic smile, Gallibly says,
1: I do. Thank you for your cooperation, Mr. Mugden. Now, I would like you all to draw your attention to the safe you see here before you. Some of you may recognize this safe as... One of the most highly rated and impenetrable adamantine gun cabinets made in the clockwork city. Many a thief has been foiled by the safe. I ain't here to advocate larceny, merely using a widely recognized example for this here demonstration.
0: A few more laughs from the crowd, though they seem to be coming from nervous energy rather than authentic amusement. Gattleby walks over to the smaller lockbox on the table and carefully unlocks and opens the lid. He then lowers the visor on his helmet and picks up the iron tongs. Passant, please, I must insist that you stop at once. This is dangerous. Gattleby ignores the protesting professor and turns around to face the crowd with a pellet the size of a pea in the grip of the tongs. Professor Heidel's anxiety turns to laughter as he says to Gattleby, ha, ha Oh my, you had us worried there, Gutterby. What is this, a snapdragon that our kids use for fun to play cups and rubbers? Gattleby's glare is masked by the closed helmet this time, but he again presses on with his presentation.
1: This snapdragon, as my esteemed colleague so called it, is condensed pyranite, stabilized by my proprietary compound.
0: At the word proprietary, Mugland's grin turns to a scowl.
1: This small amount has more explosive power than any gunpowder that exists. I only brought this tiny bit, and I'm handling it with tongs, because despite your protests, Professor Heidel, I do care about safety. The combustive power of stable pyronite could revolutionize technology and the industry of Alkenstar. This has potential to make Alkenstar a city rivaling the likes of Absalom.
0: Gattleby then gingerly rotates his torso, perhaps suggesting he isn't as sure of the stability as he is saying he is, or maybe it's just an overabundance of caution for safety's sake. He places the small pellet directly atop the uppermost hinge of the safe and then takes a few careful steps back before putting the tongs back on the table. He then reaches into the small box on the table and pulls out a thin coil of fuse wire and attaches it to the pellet, unrolling it a bit to give him about six feet of clearance from the safe.
1: Okay, ladies and gentlemen of the front two rows, I must ask that you all stand back and take several steps back, as I don't want any small pieces of shrapnel to go astray. This explosion should be small, but focused with power. Y'all will hear large bangs, so don't be startled. The design of my pellets should harness the explosion directly into the hinge and leave nothing but a bent piece of metal and a small plume of smoke.
0: Don't be alarmed. The front two rows of the lecture hall do not need any extra motivation as they quickly get out of their seats and move further back and up into the lecture hall's aisles.
1: Here we go, folks. Prepare for the next phase of technological progress.
0: Gattleby lights the fuse and watches with hidden anticipation as the spark seems to crawl down the wire towards the pellet. What he had not mentioned is that he had not actually conducted this test prior to this demonstration, as he had run out of time before his expected appearance today. But he was trusting his calculations, and he had indeed been successful in stabilizing the Pyronite, He had arrived at the college with the pellet loose in his pocket, bouncing around against the loose coin he kept there, and he hadn't blown up. So, really, it was just the dosage that had gone untested. As he was having these thoughts, the spark ignited the pellet. A large bang does not even come close to describing the sound of the explosion. A deafening roar screams through the lecture hall, A thick black cloud of smoke sweeps over the crowd as a fiery eruption blasts through the safe and out the back expanding as it does. Everyone in attendance is deafened and blinded by this violent explosion. When the ringing of the ears and the smoke clears, it is revealed that the back wall of the lecture hall has been reduced to rubble, and there is no sign of the safe at all save one adamantine claw foot that seems to be forcefully impacted into the stage. Surprised citizens look into the exposed lecture hall with awe and fear. Gaddleby is standing on the stage, a black, sooty mess, his helmet blasted off and his wild hair stained with the dark streaks of ash and smoke from the explosion. Fortunately, none of the lecture attendees were hurt, but they were all terrified. Professor Heidel pulls himself to his feet and marches directly over to Gaddleby. You're finished, fashion. Finished. You'll never get another grant. You'll never speak here again. I will see to it that your credentials from Blithia College are revoked. I always knew you were a crackpot, even when we were freshmen together. And now the Grand Duchess will as well. I'm just glad your father isn't here to see this. The mention of his father snaps Vashon Gaddleby from his shocked disappointment, and with an explosive burst rivaling the Pyronite, he jumps onto the sneering professor, fist-swinging with wild abandon. Ambrose Muglin watches the scuffle, smirking as he wipes the soot from his face. He pulls the edge of his mustache straight and mutters to himself, Ooh, this is a breakthrough indeed. He then walks out of the lecture hall, casual as a cucumber while the anxious dwarven woman watches him leave and with furrowed brow as she says to herself, Things have changed now, Kinstar. Things have changed indeed. She walks out a few moments after the halfling. The smoke bellows out of the giant hole in the wall left by Gattleby's failed or perhaps overly successful experiment rising over the befuddled citizens past the towering clockwork and into the sky before fading away as words come into view in the sky above smog city outlaws of alkenstar Greetings, greetings. Welcome to Under the Table, the newest show from the Strange Table Fellows Network. If this is your first time listening to us, thank you, and we are glad that you're here. If you've been listening to us, well, welcome to our new show, and how's your mom doing? First, let's take a moment to tell you a bit about who the Strange Table Fellows Network is Uh, We originally started back in April of 2019 with our flagship show, The Apollo Protection Agency, a run through three different adventure paths, taking our players and their characters all the way from level 1 to 20 in the Starfinder tabletop role-playing game. Starfinder is our first love, and we have several different shows that celebrate that passion for science fantasy. And you can check all that out on our website, thestfnetwork.com, to learn more. But today, and with this show, we're going to do something new for us and for all of you. We are digging into Paizo's newest and celebrated system, Pathfinder 2E. We are so excited to be expanding our content offerings into this system and to bring our at-the-table feeling to this adventure, Outlaws of Alkenstar. We will do our best to explain the rules as they come up in each episode, but we also want to make sure that the story is front and center, and even if you don't play these kinds of games, you can follow along and join us in the clockwork gears of this new tale. So let's get right into introducing the cast of Under the Table. My name is Adam Kelly, and I will be this adventure's Game Master or Storyteller. My role is to present the environments, conflicts, and adversaries to the players and respond to the decisions and actions that they make accordingly. This is emergent storytelling, and I'm merely here to set the scene. So without further ado, let me introduce you to the actual stars of this show. First up, I'd like you all to meet the bombastic bard, the belligerent buddy, the baby brother, and the best boy, Mr. Heath Parker. How are you, buddy? Tell us a little bit about yourself, (laughs) and how long have you been with the STF? Uh,
2: Since the very beginning, my man. Uh, (laughs) Hey, everybody, I'm Heath. Uh, If you're a fan of our other shows, you already know me. If not, what's up? I'm really not that. That belligerent. I, I don't appreciate that one. I'll take bombastic. I don't know about belligerent.
0: It just depends on um, the the how much wine you've had and how much skittermandering we're doing to you. I think.
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's that's a specific instance. Okay. Fair enough. Um. But yeah. Uh. What's up, everybody? Um. Uh, I've been here since the beginning. I'll be here as long as this thing keeps going.
0: Awesome. Uh. Well, you know, Heath and I uh, were kind of like at the very nexus of this idea of, of doing a podcast of this and so I'm glad that you're here for this, new, for this new phase of the STF network.
2: Yeah, I'm super excited for 2E, man.
0: Yeah, it's going to be fun.
2: i one of these shows for a while.
0: Uh, next up, it is my honor to introduce you to my Nola neighbor, a neurotic narrator, a nuanced nerd, and sometimes my nervous nemesis, Mr. John Thomas, my good, good friend. Tell us about yourself
3: hey there Adam and uh, I very much appreciate that alliteration there um, so as he said, my name is John Thomas, and uh, I have uh, been with the stF podcast uh, since its inception. Um, this is our first foray into uh, Pathfinder and at least being recorded online on live so uh I really hope that we present a wonderful story for everyone. And, um, yeah, uh, let's hope that this is going to be a blast. Uh, <laughs> back to you, buddy.
0: Oh, thanks. Thanks. Uh, coming around the corner. It is my great pleasure to introduce you to our next cast member, the staggering Southerner, the squeeing streamer, the sinful saint, our own sweetheart sister, Mrs. Emily Summerlin. How goes it, Emily? <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, it, it goes so well, Adam. I'm sorry. I'm just super tickled about this. Um, hi, I'm Emily. I've been with the network, uh, as Heath and John since the inception. Uh, interestingly enough, I started playing TTRPGs with, uh, this group, this group of people. Um, so mm-hmm. it's very exciting that I'm continuing my journey and, uh, I, I'm really happy that we're doing a 2e show. Uh, we've been playing a little on the, on the down low, you know, not recording it. So I'm glad that we get to share it now with the rest of the world. So I'm just super jazzed. I'm All super jazzed. A
0: 100 of you.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, yeah like, <laughs> thank you
0: for being here. Uh, finally, last but certainly not least, I am pleased to introduce our newest cast member. He is a gardening guru, a gallant geek, a growing gamer, and a gregarious gentleman. Mr. Dustin Robinette. Welcome to the Strange Table Fellows Network as a main cast member, and we couldn't be more excited to have you here. Introduce yourself, my good man. Sup. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> Greetings and salutations, listeners. My name is Dustin Robinette. I've been with you since the beginning. You just didn't know it. You know? Yeah, I've been, been in the names. background, listening, spirit. waiting, watching. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we've, we've literally reco- recorded him listening to all of all of our shows. Mm-hmm. So. If you
5: want to see my head nods, you know it's a silent film. All I'm doing is mm. nodding my head and
0: <laughs> gasping
5: in uh, in uh, surprise. But I'm very happy to be doing this with with my yeah with my uh, friends and uh, like others i've played pathfinder and i love it it's my favorite system i've played so far so i am very excited to get into the weeds and
0: yeah dustin's been with us Uh, he's part of our og gaming group um, that we were that we had before we started doing a podcast and um, so we're so glad to have this opportunity to have him here on this cast and a new main show because you guys are gonna love him he's great I love Most myself. Everyone should sure. love their self. I love you that. Know? <laughs> 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 I, will,
5: I will do my best.
2: You know what? I love me too. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's important. I don't, I don't, lest you feel left out, I want to... Uh, say thank you very much for running this for us adam kelly the admiral of alliteration and all around amazing advocate of ttrpg action i
5: love
2: it i, pr- I love it I
0: appreciate it yeah that's good that's good, good stuff job. all right well now that introductions are out of the way uh, i just want to preface this adventure before we get started for you all and for our listeners First of all, if you haven't listened to each of the character introductions that are on this feed yet, I urge you to stop right here and come back after you listen to those. Um those intros give you a glimpse of the motivations for each of our characters and a little history for them too. So I'm gonna stop here, let you go do your thing. Mm-hmm. I'll be I'll be here whenever we'll I'll be here whenever you come back. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll, so you've we'll, listened. We'll wait. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. That took
5: <laughs> forever. Yeah,
0: like, I didn't say eat a snack in between each one of them. Like, we've been waiting here for you this whole time. explicitly say
2: not to. That's on me. I'm
0: going to eat a beer. That's that's on me. That's (laughs)
2: that's our fault. We shouldn't have made them so long. Right. All right,
0: so uh, let's move on, then. Outlaws of Alconstar is a steampunk-flavored Weird West adventure of revenge and invention. Alkenstar is in a region that is plagued with men's storms, making all magic even more dangerous than usual, but Alkenstar is also a technological hub full of marvels and innovation. Most of the flavoring will be western as we go through, but like any great fantasy, the weird will be making its appearance. Uh, we here at the STF Network are big fans of narrative, but we also like to stay true to the rules and the guidelines of the game system that we are playing, so that the stakes are real and that the dice do help guide the story as we go. To that point, Pathfinder 2e is a high stakes game with dangers in every encounter. We have done a good bit of prep play before this adventure, but we are still learning, so please join our Discord and let us know if we get anything wrong, and we'll do our best to correct it going forward, or just ignore it, depending on our mood. Uh, We we reserve that, right? Um, But you can always tell us what you think. As I mentioned before, We hope that anyone can enjoy the show, regardless of their experience with tabletop role-playing. So, sit back, grab your favorite beverage and snack, except for the players. No eating on mic. And join us as we begin our adventure. Uh, Yeah. In a tavern. Uh, Specifically.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I would be disappointed if it didn't
0: start. we've, We've
2: played a lot of games together. And not started in a tavern,
3: yeah. so you know yeah.
2: it's fine. It's fine mm. to do it once. I can't, no, I can't remember any we, of those. We
0: get, we get one. Is that what you're saying?
2: Yeah. 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 Okay. It's one.
0: Um, all right. Well, let me set a little vibe music here. Let's see if this will do what I want. Um, that's the vibe yeah, you're trying like to it. set. Oh, that's how we're starting, right mm. here, baby. With that we begin draw bang a crack of thunder fills the air the smoking gun held by a powerfully built orc man wearing leather chaps vest and a shiny sheriff's badge holds everyone's attention the orc slowly lowers the firearm stowing it back in his holster he carefully and deliberately walks up to a bloody dwarf surveying his handiwork I'm sorry I had to go down this way, brother. You picked the wrong side, and that I can't abide. He removes his pinched front hat, holding it over his heart. After a moment, he lowers his head. And then, the entire saloon erupts in applause as the pianist begins to play. The orc bows deeply, helps the dwarf to his feet, who also bows to the attending patrons, the two walk to the bar, arm in arm, and order a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> uh,
4: Dinner and a show. Love it.
0: Then, you know, after all that, you hear, Thank y'all for attending. And a female dwarf stands on the bar top, addressing the patrons in a loud voice. Whiskey and only, is only two silver for the next hour, and that includes Top Shelf. Come back next week for the conclusion of Hearts at High Noon and our after party. Enjoy yourselves. The dwarven woman, Phoebe Dunsmith, hops off the bar onto the sawdust-covered floor and heads to a back room where a round table and a private bar await. She props one foot up on the stool, leans forward on her knee, and casts a suspicious eye around the room. All right. Now that the show is over, let's talk business. I brought you all here because we share some common enemies. With your help... I can make them pay and get you rich in the process. But first, I want you to tell me why you deserve a job that could pay your weight in gold. So let's start with the new guy, Dustin. Tell me what your character looks like and what they're doing there at this table.
5: My character, his name is Amir. At least, that's the name he's using. Um, He is a human male around mid-30s. Uh, dark brown hair uh, brown uh, dark brown beard but uh, piercing gray blue eyes uh, besides his eyes he looks like a, a normal normal person except he's uh, adorned with uh, leather armor with lots of buckles and straps that hold um, liquids and other things you know of use you know for for, <laughs> for making things and stuff that I need. Uh, and uh, I'm assuming that uh, you said it's a round table with uh, yeah, a, a bar yes. there. And so
0: Phoebe, uh, this dwarf d- actually has some art for Phoebe, which will give you some time, Dustin, to think about the answer to her question. All right. So here is what Phoebe looks like. Looks like a very
5: cheerful and dangerous dwarf. Does
4: yes. Have yes. A gap. I love it. A yes, she's got like a little teeth. gap in her I in her front it.
0: teeth. Uh, yeah, she's wears, you know, like a white tunic with a big, like, kind of, um, belt that has a bunch of shotgun shells in it. It's
4: like a corset uh, belt, I love it. Yeah, corset yeah. belt, yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, she's got a large rifle. A- axe, like a rifle. rifle.
5: Axe.
4: A axe rifle.
0: <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, 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 axe. Yeah. rifle. yeah. <laughs> that. Yeah, uh, slung over her shoulder and a large mug of, uh, of ale in her hand. Uh, at least she does in the picture. Right now, she's kind of sitting down and has basically given you guys at least the heads up that you all have common enemies, so I'm sure all of your eyebrows might raise at that. And she wants you to tell her why you deserve a job that can pay your weight in gold. So, Amir, you said, is how you're called now? Why don't you respond to that question?
5: Uh, well, uh, I have certain, uh, skills. And, uh, Payback. I have good motivation.
0: Yes. Uh, payback is, I think, what we all have in common here—that uh, a certain halfling and an elf, if I'm not mistaken, that you all have uh, have some beef with. Am I? Am I correct in that? You are correct.
5: Yeah. That is why we're here.
0: Alright, and what about you? Uh, And she casts her eyes upon your character, Emily.
4: Um, So you see a female something. Not quite sure. She has pointed ears, but she has a dusty red color to her skin. And her hair seems to glow. It is red at the roots and moves to a subtle yellow that kind of like seems to burn almost and she's wearing a typical kind of cowboy cowgirl get up nothing too flashy just uh some chaps some boots a vest and she has a pretty pretty nicely sized pistol at her waist and uh she leans back in the chair and kicks her feet up onto the table. Well, I mean, it's like you said, Phoebe. We all got the same thing here. (sighs) She kind of looks around the room and her eyes fall on another individual. I'm interested myself to see exactly why everybody's here. Um, some people in particular I got a lot of questions about. Uh, I, for one, am here to fuck over well, both of them. Mugglin and Angelique. Uh, the special shield marshal that she is. and she's so fucking fancy. Show her what's what. And she starts to glow just a little bit harder. Like her hair. Uh,
0: alright. Alright. Uh, most of my saloon here is is made of wood, so trust me, we're gonna get you that that revenge that you want, but I would like to keep my establishment Sorry. Not in cinders. Sorry. Uh, But I'm glad you're here, and I know that you got some pretty good skills. Might be handy with that firearm you got slung to your waist there.
4: I'll do what I can.
0: Hopefully you don't have to use it, but if you do, I hope your aim is true. And she looks over to the person that did you say the name of your character? Oh, sorry, Jules. That uh, Jules looked at. Uh, he, who are we seeing now?
2: Uh, yeah, I imagine <clears throat> across the table from Jules is uh, a fellow named George, and he is also <laughs> looks like something. Uh, he's got like <laughs> a tealish uh, skin and fin-like ears and uh, multiple different hues of blues and greens in his flowing hair and, and beard. Um, very aquatic-looking individual. And he, uh, in response to Phoebe, like, like, uh, yeah, I'm George. Um, you know we all got beef with one or the other. Uh, I'm just here for muggling. And I am very charismatic. Jules aggressively Uh, (laughs) rolls her eyes
0: (laughs) Well uh, I do hope that uh, You you are better with that fiddle That you have slapped on your back Than just saying that you're charismatic I, I often find when somebody Tells me that they're charismatic That usually indicates that they're not But I've heard you play And I have seen you speak Believe it or not And I think that you will be Quite useful to this group. Now, that leaves you. And she nods her head towards John's character. The character that you see before you takes his eyes
3: uh, from the genasi to his side, speaking as if he recollects this person. He's familiar from somewhere else. But he pays no mind to that. And who you see in front of you is a tan individual with dark hair flowing down into a ponytail that he has tied back up tied up and a subtle dusting of translucent and pearlescent scales that kind of approach the outside uh, of the rim of his face his most distinct features I would say are his absolute lack of eyebrows okay (laughs) And his snake-like eyes—he's got golden eyes with snake slits. Wow! Never okay. blinks. Okay. <laughs> and this nerving. just kind of further enhances the whole snake—the uh, whole snake-like features that he has. Um, who you have in front of you is a Vishkanya. Okay. And he kind of assesses the situation around the room and flits his forked to tongue. Oh. And. Uh, <laughs> Do we have a name? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And who you see in front crony? of you? His name is Osaze Sahar. Oh.
4: Kay. Like the S's. Osaze. Yeah.
3: Osaze Sahar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah flick that type for me. Um, <laughs> <no. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's young. So that wouldn't translate to somebody who's impetuous yet awkward. I mean, um. Um, still lacking in forethought, but in here he seems distracted. But he looks back at uh, the, the dwarf and he says, "You know of a way to get to Angelique, and I don't care about the gold. You don't need to doubt my conviction. Trust me. I'm motivated enough for all of us."
0: Oh, all right, then. That's a real go-getter, I guess, that we have he, he, he here. He said he's, uh, he's,
5: not, uh, he's not concerned about the gold. I mean, can can we just split the rest of the gold between us three? If we just split it up a little bit more.
4: Right,
0: we'll, we, we'll get to the payout, and I, I promise that there is some. <laughs> what I want to make sure and clear for everybody here, since you will be working together, is that this is about striking it. Ambrose Muglin and by association that Deputy Angelique Lovelace so I happen to know and I'm not going to tell you how I know until we complete this job this is a bit of a test run to see what you all are capable of but I happen to know that all of you have beef with one or both so that's why I invited you here so here's the game Ambrose Muglin has a decent portion of his funds invested in an old bank called the Gold Tank Reserve. Now, it's a rundown temple of Abadar in the Ironside Quarter that's mostly used by ranchers and crooked politicians. I happen to know that they've sent half of their clockwork handlers out for maintenance and they won't have them back until tomorrow afternoon. This is our chance to hit Muglin where it hurts. All you have to do is bust up the few clockworks remaining, get the vault key from the bank manager, and fill a sack with gold. Once you're done inside the bank, run out the back. Now, as some of you know, Muglin's got a few crooked shield marshals on his payroll, including that damn bastard, Deputy Loveless. Here, hit yeah, Indeed. She like slugs back half a word drink at that. Now, she and her goons are sure to be hot in your tail, but don't fight them. They will gun you down in a second if you give them the chance. Just run away, and they'll look like fools. Nothing's sure to fry that deputy's egg like crooks she can't catch, trust me. You can lose them in the Sc- scrap yard just west of the reserve. There's a sewer entrance within, and from there, it's a straight shot back to this saloon, where you all will be safe. Any questions? It seems well, pretty straightforward. Be there. Well, uh, all right, one at a time now. It's straightforward, all right, all right. What did you have to say there, young man, uh, Osaze, it is? Will Angelique be there? Well, I imagine once the alarm gets rang, she will show up. Now, I I don't expect her to be there when you arrive, uh, but I wouldn't expect her to be very far along uh, if things start getting heated at the bank, which I imagine they might.
4: And we're stealing specifically from Muglin, not like the other people, right? Like, I'm not trying to screw over anybody else, but Muglin, yeah.
0: Well, when it comes to Muglin's business, there ain't nobody innocent. Fair enough. That said, it's best to not go killing anybody or taking hostages. Don't get me wrong, I wouldn't mind taking his investors down a notch, too, but I can't abide working with a crew of marauders as wicked as the devil himself, right? I think that you should feel pretty much at ease that the money that's there is being used as a laundering front, alright? So uh, don't worry about that. This is, this is straight up about getting that some of a bitch muggling right where right he's where he down in his plums.
5: <laughs> yeah, I really like the, uh, the sound of that. <laughs> so this is supposed to happen today, tomorrow?
0: You have until tomorrow afternoon to get this done, which I know is a short amount of time, but this is the window that we have. Now, I'd recommend maybe going, scoping out the situation either this afternoon or this evening before you make any moves, but uh, yeah, we, we have a small window, so unfortunately hey. you don't have a lot of time to set this up. All
4: right, where did, where did you say that the sewers start at?
0: Yeah, so you'll have to work your way through the Wailing Scrapyard, which is just outside the, the vault itself. Uh, you're going to go through that back alley and into the scrapyard. And through there, you'll probably be able to lose anybody chasing you, although it's, that's its own set of dangers there, so be careful. But once you get through that, there's an uh, entrance to the sewers, a sewer tunnel that'll take you right back here.
4: Would Jules be at all familiar with the scrapyard? Like, is there anything like that's known there that would cause any interference with their escape?
0: Yeah, um, you could give me a diplomacy check. Mm-hmm. What's your lore skill? So yeah, when uh, I know this will seem quite basic. I'll just real quick, like whenever I ask for a check like this, I'm basically asked. All of our characters have a list of skills that they're capable of doing at varying degrees. And there is a dice check number that they're trying to hit, otherwise known as a DC or a difficulty check. Um, and if they hit that number or beat it, then they will be successful. If not, they, they won't. Um, but yes.
4: I have firearms lore. All right. That's so
0: that's not going to really work here. So hmm. let's get the diplomacy.
4: Alright, um, I will do that
0: You should be able to roll from your sheet Because this we're using Foundry as our virtual tabletop uh, For those that are listening We do play virtually Although we do all know each other In real life um, From a former life <laughs> Who
4: are you? <laughs> okay, so diplomacy It's looking real good With a 13
0: Uh, yeah, you don't know too much about it Though you can certainly ask um, her directly Yeah if you'd uh, like,
4: Phoebe. Okay, so all right, this scrapyard. Just so we got all of our ducks in a row. Uh, I've never futz around in there much. Anything we need to be aware of? Any you know gods? Uh, you know boogins of some sort in there?
0: She shrugs and she all she says is haunted, and then she throws back the remainder of her <laughs> beer. <laughs> haunted, haunted. You swear. Uh, Yeah, look, I think it's time for maybe some some whiskey, too, here in a Mm -hmm. moment. We'll get to that in a second. Now, yeah, there's a rumor that it's haunted, okay? It's probably just the nail gobblers, though. That's a a crew of goblins, and they live in them heaps. And if so, if you need to resupply while you're there, you could probably trade with them. They're friendly enough, but if they offer you anything to eat... Just don't look at it too closely. Mm. Hold your nose and swallow.
4: All right, good to know.
5: I think the best advice is to just not eat it.
0: Maybe, but they might get offended. So, you know, maybe like make it look like you're eating. I don't. I, you do you. I, they're fine. They're just, you know, they're, they're proud of whatever it is that they serve in you, you know? Well,
2: well. <laughs> Bless their
4: hearts. Okay.
2: Uh, Phoebe, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask If we go uh, scope out the place We we get there And Muglin just happened I know it's a long shot But if he happened to be in the building Would we still get paid if we killed him? Can we murder him?
0: Right Um. That's a fair question Uh. I don't think he'll be there because he's slated to be overseeing the repair of the the clockworks that aren't going to be there. And look, I know that you guys uh, are eager, and you guys feel like that you're pretty powerful and all that, but... I- <laughs> I, I'm going to suggest that you hold off on a direct confrontation with Muglin, because I happen to know that he is a bit scrappier than you might think. And what uh, he, like, level, level four, and level five? five? Yeah, I happen <laughs> to know that y'all are about level one, <laughs> yeah. so
3: maybe, you know, pop the brakes. Right.
0: I don't care. I as, care.
2: As they say in the fighting pits, there's levels to this game, you know. Uh, right, right. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, uh, you know, and listen... He's a greedy son of a gun Who doesn't care who he steps on And I've got plenty of my own reasons To To get him But let's just do this job And we'll get to what's next There's, I think it's a bigger picture Than just killing him You know we got There's a a whole There's a whole story In fact you might even call it The Outlaws of (laughs) Alkenstark (laughs) <laughs> oh,
4: look at it as an adventure, maybe an You're adventure like, path. Yeah. Even.
0: <laughs> I feel no, like Osa- you guys are just at the beginning of this
2: path.
0: I saw that
3: she just just not getting it, and he's just like, oh, "Yes, there's, there's Angelique." We
2: have.
0: We have to keep her. Oh well, yeah, De- Deputy Lovelace. Well, she's a crooked officer, you know. She's in Muglin's pocket and does all his dirty work, all in the name of the law. If you see a half-elf with blue-black hair and death in her eyes, that's her. You better run. She is a crack shot with a bad attitude. She don't miss, and she don't leave witnesses, and she looks directly at you, Asaze when she says that. Like, you know. And being the impetuous uh, young uh, scamp that he is, I
3: would kill her first. <laughs> <laughs> Jules and reaches I,
4: over and just kind of like pats your shoulder like, All right, kids, settle down. Uh, <laughs> Phoebe, what 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 else do we need to know? Anything? Uh, we just, you know, we take the loot we, we get the key We take the loot
0: So, to get the key You know, the vault's gonna be locked So you're gonna have to deal with the bank manager But that should be easy enough It's a Muglin crony named Dresh You know, they might put up a fight But with the fire that I see coming out of this gang right here I think you'll be able to handle that one alright As far as the clockwork Models that are there, there's usually there's about a half a dozen of them, but most of them are out on maintenance. So if you get there before tomorrow afternoon, you shouldn't have to deal with very many. Uh, last thing I could suggest to you is when you do get to the to the scrapyard and you do run into the nail gobblers, they might could get you a map of the sewers to make it a little bit easier. On top of that, I want you guys to take this because. Well, it's going to be hard to be running with all that gold unless you got this. And she pulls out a bag of holding type Ooh. one, oh, which she yes. wants you to use the stole, to, to stow the stolen gold. And then she presents to each of you a hat of disguise. Oh, nice. Ooh. Nice. And here's a few things you might be able to use. I don't know if you need them. And Keep that pouch, though. Put all the gold in it, right? Otherwise, it's going to slow you down. And then I would recommend that you put on your hat so you keep your identity secret. Given that all of you are kind of on the run from the law, uh, but don't a mess bit. them up. I want them back when they're done. These are fancy hats. Hmm, what do they look like? Uh, you tell me. What do you want your? <laughs> yeah, new I want it to look hat?
4: exactly like my current hat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mine's a, an Indiana Jones
5: like fedora. You know, wide brim. Nice, nice. <laughs> and it doesn't Curled go with what he's wearing, hat. but he still likes it. You know, he's like, Ooh, "Nice hat."
4: curved tan cowboy hat that is just soaked, soaked in sweat around like the, the <laughs> crown.
3: Uh,
0: the Dundee hat. Oh, Dundee. Nice. Okay. All right. yeah, yeah. Perfect. I love it. I love it. What about you, Heath? Has George's hat? Oh, I don't.
2: I, I don't really do hats. So it messes up my. Flowing, flowing locks,
4: yeah Yeah, don't want to mess up his bouffant
0: <laughs> What yeah, you got, like a shame. bandana? Yeah <laughs> Alright, yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> uh, okay So you're well, just like, that's...
5: he's now has a uh, A disguised bandana He yeah. well,
0: hands yeah. out one <laughs> <bandana>. <laughs> yeah. He's got a bandana a disguise. <laughs>
5: I was like, oh, I'm sorry, yeah. I'm sorry I didn't know that you didn't want to mess up your hair Here, have this bandana
0: bandana <laughs> um, <laughs> Smith excuses herself and says look I'll let you kind of talk out what you want to do get to know each other a little bit more in the meantime can I get you anything to drink to eat um, and Goodness. i actually put a menu in our discord chat oh my you, god I'm can, so
4: excited
0: that you can choose from uh, this is going to be so so fun let me, I gotta see this
2: <laughs> bread of the day <laughs> <laughs>
0: Bread <laughs> of the day.
3: Now, this is what you came up with? Like, you made this?
0: No, I found this on Reddit. I don't know who originally made this, but these are actual things that are offered from the book. That, mm. Just that graphic somebody did up and made it really That's really awesome. Neat. That's yeah. awesome. Oh. Um, I love those I will third-party tell you, resources. Oostrati uh, oysters are a particularly ugly crayfish, palatable only with a thick pat of butter. Oh, wow. <laughs> um,
4: the Ustrati River, where I assume these come from, is yeah. heavily Filthy. polluted. Yeah. Yeah. You might yeah. not want
0: yeah. to eat those. <laughs> right. They have uh, the full course meal is seasonal vegetables and a generous hunk of meat that is typically goat, flatbread, and some fig jam. Um, and an unappealingly named but nutritionally dense stew called the Brown Bullet Curry is available. That's
4: what I'm looking
2: at. You
0: can get it with broth yeah. or with meat. There's also quite a bunch of different beverages that you can, you know, enjoy.
2: Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take a, a gear greaser and a stew with meat, and I'll I'll do the oysters. <laughs> so, right. so we just we just tell you. I got I got I got magic in my blood.
3: Right, you know? right. I'll have the Let's brown see. bullet curry and uh, whatever your cleanest drink is,
0: <laughs> well. uh, so their signature drink is a flaming whiskey um that's crafted by somebody that you probably would know is a goblin uh who works there uh named Nikol burnwater and the 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 story is that Nicol made this he's always refused to disclose the exact ingredients. But it's three drops of tincture in a glass of whiskey. And the immediate reaction uh, causes brilliant hued flames mm. to, it's, you know, like a flaming Dr. Pepper. Um, and there's actually a betting game uh, that requires a round of flaming whiskeys and an ornate clockwork timer. Contestants choose a number of seconds and place bets. And then Phoebe would start the timer. This is a bar game that kind of happens every now and then. At a chosen time, the contestants quaff the flaming drink. Whoever finishes the drink first without setting their facial hair, eyebrows, or any accessories on fire wins. Uh, the reason that flaming whiskeys doesn't set every drinker's face on fire has less to do with skill than with the curious way the unstable magic taints the alcohol. Um, so, yeah, it's just a. Uh, it's like a. <laughs> like. You know, how many seconds are you willing to give it before mm-hmm. it bursts into flames? You know, Love I'm just it. imagining the tincture
5: is just like a little jar, a little vial of like used motor oil. I just like it was like
0: it's special. Yeah. Uh. So. So I would say that's definitely something you could do, though. I would suggest that maybe first getting to know each other a little bit. That's like kind of a an event drink mm-hmm. that you will go to the main bar. You're still in the uh, in the private room. She'll get you the gear greaser and the oysters and you said the curry too, or the meal?
4: The curry. John said uh, curry. John
0: said uh, no, curry. He, I only ask for the wanna... curry and the cleanest drink they have. Uh, that's probably would be the smoke side sour. Alright. Uh, what about you, Amir? Would you care for a drink? He, green- he,
5: he's looking at the, uh, the menu and he's like, tch, tch, tch. um, let's see, let's see. Um, I will get, uh, um, I don't like all these names. Just give me a, a double whiskey um, <laughs> and the curry. That's all good.
0: All right. A double whiskey, yes. hold the flame, and a curry. All right. And for you, Jules...
4: Uh, let me go ahead and get the um flaming whiskey and uh and she well would cut the flaming whiskey
0: would be at the bar now. That's the that's a that's whole show now. We we can't Oh, I'm
4: sorry. I'm sorry. I just meant regular whiskey. I'll bring the flame myself.
0: Oh, <laughs> all right, all right. No, uh, but uh,
4: uh can I get the uh oysters with that? I'm not the only one uh or uh somebody else isn't the only one with fancy blood around here. And she would yeah. like look at over at um George.
0: All right now. This uh today tonight's meal is on me. All right now I if, want
5: to change my order. <laughs> <you>? nope,
0: nope. <laughs> there it is. No. <laughs> <laughs> um I purposely waited until the order was in. Before I, I, mean, in. I have
5: received I have received new information. <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah. that's well, smart. Re-
0: uh, let me let me put it this way. You get one drink and one meal and I'll throw in the oysters just because they about ready to for, go yeah, yeah, They're about ready to turn For the table We gotta we got yeah, get yeah, rid of that yeah. stuff
4: 80-60 <laughs> oysters, they've turned. <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah. Alright, so they, uh, Phoebe takes your order and she says I'll make sure uh, that somebody uh, Brings it right back to you, I'm gonna go back out And make sure everything's going fine in the main bar room Y'all get to know each other, discuss what you're gonna do And if you want to do that Flaming Whiskey Come on out after you finished. finished uh, But, I, you know, I would Recommend keeping your wits about you, because as a little reminder, you got to do this job before noon tomorrow. So just throwing all that out there. All right. And she walks yep. out. So yeah, now and, the four okay. of you are sitting only, at the table, and yeah,
5: only five drinks. When we cut ourselves <laughs> yeah. off, okay? Five, five drinks.
0: drink minimum.
2: So maximum. George, George turns to uh, Osaze and uh, Amir, and is like, uh, "Gentlemen, uh, we'll don't think I'm being rude." We'll do some introductions uh, here in just a second. Jules, could I have a moment of your time?
4: Of course, Judge. <laughs> <She would laughs> and he like,
2: walks over like <laughs> a, around the, you know, I imagine there's like a hallway, walks around so nobody, so he thinks nobody can hear. <laughs> <laughs> Jules, what the fuck are you doing what here? What
4: the fuck are you doing here? Judge, you're supposed to be better than this. What are you doing? Do- uh, uh, Phoebe's fine. Phoebe's fine. Don't get me wrong. What the fuck are you doing here? If mom uh, ever find out about this, like, she'd lose a wig.
2: What are you I doing? Don't bring, don't bring Charlotte into this.
4: Listen, don't you take <laughs> Charlotte's name in vain, okay? Don't you bring Charlotte into this, okay? Listen. Well, seriously, though, what are you doing here? You know what I do. You know what a, what I'm into. You're better than this.
2: What I the fuck? I got a score to settle with Muglin. That's all you need to know.
4: No, 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 no. You don't tell me what I need to know, little brother. You tell me what I
2: am asking you for. Like you, don't you li- Don't little brother me you're two seconds older. Listen, listen.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How about Amir and Asazi roll a perception check against... Uh, <laughs> right, we can all Yes, let's like, do it. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're uh, basically yelling at each other. <laughs> like, yeah, we can like whispering, we're staging, whispering. Uh, so, we'll say that this is going to be against their, I guess, deception. Well, uh,
4: Our stealth? Or, or
0: stealth. Yeah, we'll say stealth. Against your stealth DC. So, what that's going to mean is you're going to just add 10 to your modifier. All right? Uh, you All right, don't have to roll Jules nope. or oh. um, George. You just add a flat 10 to your modifier, and that's the DC that then... Our perceptions are trying to go against. Gotcha, no. gotcha. <laughs> we hear nothing. No, no. no, what no you roll? We, oh, we got <laughs> to say the numbers. I rolled oh. a ten. A, a ten, okay. What about I rolled an eleven? Of... All right, so yeah, you see them kind of like go into the doorway and like they're definitely like animatedly speaking to each other, but you can't mm. make out what they're saying. And I almost want to say that it's kind. Of, they kind of quickly switch into that like twin. Speak that twins have like that they kind of have their own language, yeah. you know, and they're like a lot of shorthand that happens as they're have as they're having this discussion. Uh, but yes, you do not overhear it, so you are not privy to the information that they mm. were related. But
5: we we hear we see like them like arguing, right? Yes. I'm just gonna like lean over to a uh, what is it? What is it? Osaze? Osaze?
3: Osaze? Yeah. Like
5: osaze. They have to have some history, right? I, I bet they are either in a relationship or they're related. Somewhere.
3: Honestly, their accent is so thick I haven't been able to understand a word they have said.
5: <laughs> <laughs> but, but you understand me,
3: right? Uh, yes, yes, yeah, I mean very okay. clearly. You speak very, very clearly, cool. but they I I've I don't honestly never never heard their
5: accent before. It's
3: it's certainly <coughs> far away from here, that's for sure. I haven't heard it anywhere else, but... That's amazing. <sighs> All
0: right. But uh,
5: we haven't introduced ourselves to Emir y- Just oh, it's oh, a small and, handshake, and, uh,
3: you know? Yeah, I am Osaze Sahar. It is, uh, a, I guess, a uh, pleasure to... Osaze Sahar? It's a difficult name to pronounce, but it's Osaze Sahar. Osaze Sahar.
5: Close, about enough, that. close enough. Okay, it is pleasure to meet you. Mm. Mm. Hopefully, we will not die.
3: Uh, I just <laughs> hope they do not drag us down with their bullshit.
0: <laughs> uh, so yeah, did the we hear in- that? No, I don't think so. We're too invested. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah you're way too invested. And uh, in he uh, was just gonna say,
5: well, let, let's let's wait and see. Mm.
0: Uh, yeah, Whatever so you guys are kind of like. carrying on your thing. Is there more you guys wanted to say, or was that just kind of like establishing yeah. that, that little bickering? Right?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, like, George, they're, they're still fussing at each right. other, but George is like, look, I, I've i got beef with Muglin. This is, I mean, this is the way to, to get to him, to take him down, and that's my only prerogative here. You, I mean, I'm surprised you didn't see the freaking wanted posters on the way here sorry
4: i probably couldn't see him pass my own they kind of fucked me yeah. over recently i don't know if you heard about like my Marie- read well you wouldn't you wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't have told you about that but anyways l- listen if you're in this fine i got your back you got my back
2: i mean yeah we're, we're blood may not get along but i'm not gonna leave you hung listen. out. But we now we got to deal with some freaking snake kid. I
4: Listen, I, he can't be any worse than fucking Sean. Okay? So like... <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: fucking Sean. Fucking Sean. <laughs> Sean. Yeah, I mean, that's the silly There's no way he's a fucking Sean.
4: Yeah. Well, I guess let's like go uh, talk yeah, to him. Yeah, yeah. All him. right. All right. Just keep your head down you know that's what i'm saying that's all i'm saying mm. you got a flashy personality
2: yeah well and i got um, fucking fins for ears as well so no, i mean it's i like, didn't
4: want to call you out like that but if you call your fucking self out fine yeah you know? well but i'm anyways, just saying
2: like I, i'm really glad guys to start off with because uh, i'm gonna need that because my fucking fish ears are all over every wanted poster in town
4: i mean yeah all right <laughs> 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 it's just, it's awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah so you guys rejoin at the table
5: and Amir's just gonna mm. say, uh, "Love of Squirrel. Oh God, no! Oh.
4: oh fuck, no! Are you kidding me? Obviously, we're related. Can't you tell? And like, <laughs> you guys couldn't
0: look any more opposite.
3: Half,
5: uh, half, half siblings? No, we're twins, maybe.
2: For, yeah, full oh. siblings. Interesting. This one, Very this one's a show short of a cylinder.
4: Oh, I'm. I'm a little worried, we're gonna into the uh, a big. Big hall like this. Emir, was it?
5: That, that is correct, yes, you, that's my name. You good? You good, champ? You up to speed? <laughs> good, champ. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's just say that this is going to be a very interesting uh, little job. I think I have it covered.
4: <laughs> so maybe we should figure out what everybody's specialty right, is. Right, I was thinking while, the same uh,
2: thing. You know, that, that well, twin brain connection.
4: You know how it fucking goes. Oh. <laughs> um, I like to shoot things. I'd say that's the sweet and simple of it. Pretty good at it. I also like to stab things. <laughs> I'm not Just a fan I'm super of violence.
5: Into,
4: <laughs> I'm not super into murder, but like I, it gets the job done if if need be. You know, I don't look for it, but you know. Right. Anyway.
5: There will always be a need for that.
4: You're not wrong, but uh. Well, what, what what about you, Amir? What you
5: what you got? Hmm. Decent that. <laughs> I, I don't
4: give me... And she looks over at George like and I don't know. What, what are we supposed if to if do we, Yeah,
2: if we're gonna work together, we're gonna need to know how we can rely on each other and who's gonna be covering what duties. Hmm,
5: interesting, yes. Well, um, since you are so smart, Jules, uh, look at me and tell me. What are my skills?
4: Okay, so tell me again, what does this cat look like? he got goggles on. Yeah, he's got,
0: he's <laughs> yeah, like, a yeah. like, bandolier full of, like, flasks yeah, and yeah. bottles. Uh, well, he doesn't have
5: any goggles on right now. Um, he is kind of dressed in, like, purposefully drab of, like, outerwear, like a mm-hmm. coat, mm-hmm. like a very worn mm-hmm. coat, but inside there's, like, buckles and straps and little pouches and, and vials of uh, um, reagents and materials
2: and things oh, like that. Oh, you're a drug dealer.
4: Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, yeah. Uh,
3: like, Asazi just kind of snaps his fingers and realization, ah, you're the lookout, Yes.
5: Preferably, yes, yes, pretty much. So. <laughs>
3: it's, it's the goggles and the plain wear, of, like you just blend in. Yes. No, I'm sorry. No,
0: no.
4: Uh, Jules is fairly intelligent. Like would she realize that these are like you know caustic reagents or like? Yeah, I think yeah. you
0: could. I mean, especially in Alcantar, too. You know, yeah. like you could pretty much suss it out.
4: All right. Well, obviously, I suppose you make things go. You know, either poison the boom, one of the two. Uh, you, mm. you got gobs and gobs of vials and such. There's only a couple things that those types of substances will do. Do you? Are you more explodey or are you more like subterfugey poisoning?
5: I'm a, I'm a little bit of everything, but
4: okay, uh, right. like the... I
5: specialize in uh, the elixirs that heal.
4: Well, that's handy. And,
5: and not hurt. Yeah. Yes. yeah. It, uh, it those elixirs tend to make the most money. So that is what I'm good at. So, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, while he... Uh, well, it, it, are we, we're doing the... We're not doing the like heist like tonight. We're doing it tomorrow. We, we, yeah, we, have, we, haven't, we
4: haven't really about discussed about that yet. Yeah.
3: Right, right, right. We, we're Time going frame. for it. Yeah. but
0: Yeah, like right now, you're just introducing each other and then we'll get to the, mm-hmm. the heist uh, probably next episode. Okay. like the planning of the heist next episode. Mm-hmm.
5: So I have like all of my like my reagents and stuff like Mm -hmm. spent already for the day Mm -hmm. so i have like my uh i am an alchemist if you couldn't tell (laughs) and uh (laughs) and i just take out you know some of the already prepared um healing elixirs and i just like you know throw two two of them to each
2: wow cool so you got us covered on, on the hangover that's what I'm
5: hearing. Uh, yes, the, the healing elixir will work on hangovers, but uh, there a lot of other things going um, biologically for a hangover. So a- it as will he's uh, talking help with the pain, but
0: uh, uh, like a little red like <laughs> slime starts to come out of his coat. What the
2: fuck is that? Is immediately her yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> And uh you young George pulls out a rapier. Right uh, you, you have something in <laughs> yeah. your shoulder.
2: hey you hey. <coughs>
0: And, like, it seems Why to, so like, violent? Like whimper or recoil at like the sudden like outburst of aggression and fear, you know.
5: Don't don't be scared, Pookie. Don't be scared. This that is disgusting. What did you say, Pookie? Uh, everyone, this is Pookie. Pookie, it's, everyone. It has a name. <laughs> I, I don't
3: even know.
4: What you, got got supposed snot, that. you got a snot.
2: You got oh, a snot for a pet. Means hello.
5: I'm,
3: I'm very a, confused. You know, an
5: it's an ooze, but they say... Are, Similar viscosities. Okay. Alright. Alright. He's cute, yes. He's adorable. What? I made him myself. Uh, I had a <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, have know that. Is any... there something you want, Pookie?
0: <laughs> it just kind of like squelches up against your neck. I hate it. And just sits mm. there with its one eye, just like looking at all the new people mm. around you, you know? And you get well, the sense that it's just interested.
5: <laughs> okay Boop. and he like boops the eye and oh, he, like bobs oh god no. a little bit.
4: <laughs> <laughs> leave him alone
5: he loves it he loves it well just
4: for future reference Emia you got any more pets just kind of hanging out it's gonna pop up and like I ain't trying to shoot you or your pets but if I got you know alright just what's up
5: I am sorry I, I didn't provide context this is my familiar I am an alchemist he is completely harmless you could he will. You will probably not see him the majority of the times. He likes to, you know, stay stay hunched hunkered down within my garments. Um. Yes, but this is
3: spooky. <laughs> uh,
2: hello, Adam's spooky. little. <laughs> little <laughs> 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 yeah, he, he does
0: a good job with it. Good Foley uh, <laughs> uh, That leaves Heath and John to kind yeah. of talk yeah, about well, your skill Yeah, well, I was going to say. Sets. So
2: I'm assuming our young friend here. Do, uh, uh, are you a poisoner? I don't mean uh, I feel like that's insensitive but like I think that's insensitive. What What do you do? I'm sorry, I don't mean to start off on the wrong foot
3: <laughs> and thankfully because he would actually take offense to that but thankfully he's so fixated on this familiar <laughs> that he's just he like almost your voice is just almost background noise just, you know <laughs> <laughs> And so he's just like, just kind of like looking at it because he's never seen anything as confusing before. Yeah, George is like, know? hey, yeah. you hear me? Yeah. Oh, uh, yes, I I am your blade man. Blade man? All right. So you
2: just, just a
3: uh, yes. I will be up front in okay. case anything happens to get too close i will be there.
2: Alright, well I mean at least we we've got somebody handy with a, a pistol and somebody handy with a, a sword? Knife? What kind of blades?
4: Yeah, Jules pulls out a Kukri and kind of like sets it on the table like, Yeah, what's your uh, what's your we'll picky poison? You know, pardon the parlance, but like
0: yeah <laughs> The guy with the literal crocodile crocodile dundee hat I love that. That's not annoying. I don't know why I <laughs> love "pardon annoying. the
3: parlance so much.
5: Pardon the parlance.
3: <laughs> and, uh, yeah, his eyes immediately go to the curve of the blade and he appreciates that, you know, it looks quite like a fang. Uh, hmm. this is mine. See, so, and he pulls out his flissa. And, uh, yeah, that is a, uh, b- basic way to say it. It looks the most like a, an elvish sword. So without it, like a, a cross guard on it. Um, so it's kind of a the in between a short sword and an and a dagger, okay, in its Dang. length, okay. Um, but no cross guard or anything attached to it. Uh, just best best way I could describe looks it like is the that it looks like the Lord of the Rings elf, sword, elf
2: style swords, okay. you
3: know. Yes, very much. Yeah. very much. so. Yeah. it's very nice. sleek, very slender, um, and it's a single edged Yes, single edged. Yes, mm-hmm. That's and really uh, pretty. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, then he's at uh, end, and he just kind of reaches over, kind of loosens the sash a little bit, and he uh, puts down his mango mangosh. You say is mango? Parrying dagger. Uh, <laughs> that is mangosh. <laughs> I don't expect you to to know that word, but it is just simply a parrying dagger.
2: Oh,
4: yeah. Don't be don't be gauche, George. <laughs> it's a mangosh.
3: Get it, <laughs> mangosh.
4: You get it? Anyway. Come on, it's funny. George laugh.
2: (laughs) Uh, Well, no, like I said, it's a good deal. If you're good with the swords, I'm sure we'll uh, be happy to have somebody who can, you know, stick up for us and and handle themselves in a fight. Uh, That's not really what I'm great at, uh, personally. Uh, What are your skills? I'm, a by trade, I'm a performer. And he, like, holds up his violin case. <laughs> it's like...
3: Yeah. That's where I remember you. Yes. Yes. Rays of charm I love that oh, song. Oh, you've heard it. Yeah. Yes, yes. I, I was over at the hippo when you were playing.
2: Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was a rough night for me, but... Uh... uh,
3: damn. uh Yes, but yeah, say no, he hippo. just Im- immediately recollects <laughs> on something that happened on his own. So right, yeah, so yeah. immediately yeah. Everybody sours everybody. <laughs> his mood. <laughs> <Right>. immediate <laughs> sour mood.
2: Um, but yeah, that's the the Hotfoot Hippodrome. I've I've played there a, a couple of times. Uh, one time, kind of recently. Uh, but yeah, I, so. might have,
5: I might have seen you. I am, I am sure during this little excursion I will uh, I might here's some of your uh, talent.
2: Yeah, well, you I, I we may have. They call me Ray George on the circuit.
0: Hmm. So we have our table of heroes. We've gotten to meet them. We know a little bit about their skill set. Speaking of heroes, let's talk about hero points. Oh, right. okay. Hero points is a currency like in Pathfinder 2e. Uh, That has a few uses, most notably is that you can re-roll any d20 roll, which is the main uh, dice, uh, a 20-side dice, that gets rolled for all these checks that we're doing. You can re-roll it uh, with the spend of a hero point. Now, typically, as it's said in the book, you're supposed to reset down to one hero point after every session, but as we are recording episodes that seems to be unfair i don't want to reset at the start of every episode uh so i'm going to actually take a page out of our good buddies over at the hideous laughter productions Hi,
3: Griffin. And,
0: yeah and uh, we are going to every fifth episode will be the reset and then okay. i am going to give out a hero and everybody starts with one hero point at the reset so when it resets whatever hero points you have go down to one so that encourages you to spend them right um, the max you can have is three, so right now you all should have one. Except and then for me. at the, it, it, I will take it away from you, John, if you do not want to finish this. <sighs> ah, whatever. He um, has that power. Um, <laughs> and what I'm going to do is at the end of each episode, award a hero point. And this episode's hero point goes to John for being the per- first person on the call tonight. And that's a big step for John, and I'm very proud of him. So Good thank job. you for being on time. Enjoy your hero point. Bravo. Yes, yes. Bravo. Um,
3: I'll clap for myself.
0: Yeah. Bravo. And with that, uh, we'll continue as we plan the heist next time, and we'll see you. We'll see you.